Welcome in. It's the Thursday, November 1st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. A couple days away from Thundering Herd taking on Southern Miss. We're going to talk about that in depth later on. I've got John Cox joining us. And John, of course, covers Southern Miss Golden Eagles. He's the voice of the radio side of things. So we're going to talk to him a little bit later on. And we'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. It's going to be the number we'll open up for you a little bit later on. But uh, it's, of course, Thursday. That means it's time once again. We're going to try to fix your fantasy woes. If uh, only only Joe was a hockey expert, he could fix some of my fantasy woes right now. But, no, instead he's the guy to go to when you have football problems. And Joe's with us now from Roto-Wire and Roto-Wire Magazine. And Joe, um, I wish you doubled up as a hockey guy. I'm uh, one and two in my fantasy league right now. I'm not feeling good about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I wish I could help you more with that, too. Uh, you know, one of those things where there's a lot of different uh, Rotowire experts over there on the website, on Twitter, that you can kind of follow and find that might be able to handle those hockey questions a little bit better than I could. I could give you my best shot, but uh, I would probably preface it by saying you're not going to get the best analytical perspective that maybe you would be getting from other people. I think that's fair. That's why, of course, uh, I opened up my free trial at rotowire.com so I can get some insight. And um, it helps. Of course, if you are just doing it for seven days, uh, you're going to be like, wow, I need to do this more because there's so much there. That's why uh, I don't think seven days is enough, man. I mean, you guys should give that stuff away for free for like a year because there's so much there. I can't get it all in in seven days. But I guess that's well, why you want people to subscribe because there's so much there. Well, I, you know, I will say, and maybe this is a bit under the table uh, offer that's out there, but having done a, a couple of NFL podcasts and NBA podcasts, which, again, I wear a lot of hats at Rotowire, uh, I do know that if you submit $10 to DraftKings and follow one of the links, you are able to get a six-month free subscription to Rotowire. So that might cover more than just the seven days normal access you get. And it's only for $10 DraftKings, which uh, I think they end up they still end up doubling your order. And that's, of course, for new users and everything else like that, all those uh, expectations that kind of still apply. But, hey, you know, that's another option out there if that seven days just isn't enough for you when it comes to your order. I like that. That's, uh, that's good advice. So uh, Joe's already hooking you up with the hookup. So keep that in mind. But um, we're here for those who need help with their fantasy football. And, of course, there are a lot of people right now. I guess this is uh, the same everywhere, not just maybe with uh, office leagues here, but I'm sure leagues you're in as well. At a certain point, there's that team or that player who season hasn't gone well for them, and you still want to try to be engaged, but you kind of feel like there's no hope for me here whatsoever. You know, what's your advice for that um, that person who's maybe not finding that success, hasn't been smart enough yet to maybe seek out RotoWire, get that inside information? You know, what do they usually do? What do you usually tell people who are just maybe, I'm not having much fun of one one game? Hey, I'm a fantasy expert, but I'm also a person too. And believe it or not, even I and you know, I say this jokingly because of course this happens to everyone. You can't control anything and or control everything when it comes to fantasy football. I have down seasons too. I have actually one league where I am well out of contention for playoffs, and there is probably no hope for me to get to that point. Uh, if I was to you know, give advice for people in the situation, I'd just try to find the week-to-week uh, moral victories. And Sometimes you get frustrated, oh my God, like the bad luck that you've had, and you know you had the second-highest score of the, the week, but your opponent had the highest score, and you ended up losing. Things like that kind of mess with you a little bit uh, psychologically. 
just taking the small week-by-week victories, making sure that, hey, you identify the player that you might like. Let's let's give, a, like, Doug Martin. You're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Not a lot of people are on Doug Martin this week. I think he's going to do pretty well against the Bengals at 49ers uh, defense and, you know, just try to identify those and get it right because at this point you're kind of playing for next year and kind of figure out what strategies and analysis you want to follow and kind of mold your game around. And that's kind of how you have to look at it. Sometimes when you're when you're out of it, the best thing to do is kind of plan and analyze how you got to this point in the first place. And, you know, that's that can make a big difference for your seasons next year. And if you don't do that, you can always just go to the DFS angle and play some daily fantasy or one-day fantasy and, uh, you know, join me on FanDuel and DraftKings and we can have a good time doing that too, even when our seasons might be down in the dumps. Yeah, that's always a great thing. It's, hey, I didn't have a good day yesterday, but I can have a good shot at this today. That's what I like about the daily. But that's one thing, and I know – it's not fantasy football, but it's still the same. I jumped into three fantasy hockey leagues. Well, I have never done it before. So uh, three different types of scoring. I just want to kind of see what worked for me, where I'm having the most fun. And I think I'm finding that the process is more fun than the actual victories because at the end of the day, it's. I think that's what it is. It's just, okay, trying to, trying to do the analytics, trying to guess, okay, and at the same time the human element because – yeah, somebody's got a great rating, but that doesn't mean they're going to have a great performance, and I think that's part of the fun of it. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Just the process of figuring out what you like as far as a fantasy game, whether it be hockey, football, basketball, whatever, and the process in succeeding in said game, and if you're having a down season, figuring out, okay, why did I have a down season? Was it because I thought Leonard Fournette would be the, the next Priest Holmes? Well, okay, yeah, the injury concerns were there and apparent, and that's why he fell to as far as he did in the first round, because there were there and you know, the same thing kind of goes for delvin cook analyzing kind of figure out okay what can i change for next year what can i uh plan for next year as far as my strategy moving forward is always the best thing that you can do in a situation where maybe you're not at all on the playoff hunt and kind of having to just suffer through the last couple of weeks of the nfl season joe bartles joining us from rotowire and rotowire magazine and here to help with fantasy football and of course we've got a game tonight always a thursday night showcase for the nfl with Oakland and San Francisco, I mean that's, I mean that's the best matchup you could ask for on a Thursday night, right, Joe? Yeah, yeah, sure, best matchup. Yeah, showcase I think would be I would put quote quotes around that because um, you know, battle for the Bay probably wasn't as much as they were anticipating with John Gruden uh, leading the to Raiders into the dark hole, and that's not a good thing. And then Jimmy Garoppolo being out for an extended period of time, I think that kind of ruined this. What could have been a good matchup earlier in the season if you kind of looked at the progress, uh, prognosticators at week one and say, oh, yeah, I, I think Oakland and San Francisco, two teams that may be vying for that fifth or sixth seed in the playoffs, that's not really the case here. I think you're going to get a pretty ugly game in the battle for the Bay And Hey, sometimes ugly games can be fantasy relevant and fantasy worthy, and that's why I was suggesting earlier Doug Martin, guy that, you know, maybe if you believe the Raiders are the better team, and that's a tough thing to believe sometimes, I think they are in this case, they're probably going to be ahead, and if they're ahead, they're going to be running the ball, and if they're running the ball, they're probably running with Doug Martin. So he could have some fantasy value. Maybe Jalen Richard uh, for a couple checkdowns in the PPR league has some fantasy value. Figuring out the uh, wide receiver core for the Raiders, too, is kind of an underrated fantasy thing as well with Mari Cooper gone, and I don't think we quite know who those one through four guys are for that team, and that could be a big deal because they're going to be trailing in a lot of other games of the season where they'll have to pass, and after relying someone other than Jared Cook, so a lot of questions even on the Oakland side of things, where you can make you can make it fantasy relevant if you have to, even for a matchup that probably is one of the worst ones on this week's slate. Is there anybody you're avoiding or anything in this matchup that you're telling people, hey, 
stay away from this. There's no value here. Uh, well, when whenever your second string quarterback couldn't pick up the ball two days ago, that's always a concern to me. C.J. Beathard has I, I, either strain in his wrist or something in his wrist where he's struggling to even pick up a football, and he was a true 50-50 game-time decision for tonight's contest. Uh, that That's worrisome to me, and if I have anybody that I'm remotely considering in that 49ers offense, whether it be Brita, whether it be third-string quarterback, that could, uh, Mullins that could go in there for Beathard, if Beathard's available and not playing him at all, uh, the receiving core, Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, yeah, no thanks. I especially if there's a quarterback that's either third string or a guy that can't hold on to the ball two days ago, that's a concern for me. So I'm all Oakland if I'm using any fantasy players from this. Maybe in an IDP format you could kind of uh, figure out a linebacker or two that you could use for San Francisco, but I'm not feeling great about using anybody from that offensive side of things for the 49ers. So the rest of the week we've got some better matchups, some better opportunities. Uh, where are you looking at it for someone who maybe needs to make a pick? Because, again, there's some off weeks. Uh, I know one question that came up is, you know, should you keep Andy Dalton in the off week? Yeah, so I'm sure there are owners who are trying to make those decisions right now. What do I do? I've got some players who are I'm just not going to be able to use, and I really need players. Yeah, this is one of the first uh, six bye weeks that are coming up in the NFL season. So we're lucky to have most of the bad teams, if you can call it that, uh, not playing this week, and that's good. I mean, hopefully you're not using many of the bad players fantasy-relevant guys, uh, but you do have to kind of make some pickups, and I think you look at a game um, like New England versus the Packers, and of course, I'm a Packers fan, um, there's relevancy as far as even six receivers in this matchup alone, like Devontae Adams, Cobb, Geronimo Allison, Scantling, uh, Velquez Scantling are all guys for Green Bay that I'd feel comfortable using in a wide receiver two or three format, and Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon for the Patriots too, I feel good enough using them, and that's a situation where you talk about Andy Dalton potentially being dropped. Well, he's more of a QB, two. You look at the schedule the rest of the way, maybe it's more relevant to have a fourth or fifth wide receiver on your roster. And that's kind of how you have to judge the rest of the year. And most of my leagues, I'm either four and four, five and three, six and two. I, I'm not pulling away by any means. And when I'm in a situation like that, I'm kind of analyzing my roster and deciding, okay, what do I need to make a run to get to the playoffs? And then do I have a roster spot to where I can use to get players that will help me when I'm in the playoffs? And that's kind of how you have to structure your lineup. Andy Dalton has really been through the best part of his schedule. And at this point, once you get past this week and next week, there's not a lot of bye weeks remaining where you really need to have a great QB2. And I think that's what Andy Dalton's going to be the rest of the season. So he'd be a guy, and there's a lot more like that, that probably could be dropped to give you a higher potential roster if and when you get to the playoffs. There's some some changes as of late for uh, for maybe folks uh, here closer to our area. Cleveland, uh, if you're a coach right now, you're lo- you, you're looking at Cleveland and think, okay, maybe there's an opportunity for me there. But if you're a fantasy football owner, you're looking at the coaching change, you're looking at your roster. You maybe you've got a guy or two, and you're thinking, all right, what changes here? Um, any concern, any worry with uh, fantasy owners now that there's been a coaching change in Cleveland? Yeah, if you're a coach in Cleveland or thinking about coaching in Cleveland, I almost wonder if you have to consider not doing the coaching in Cleveland aspect because apparently everyone can get fired at a moment's notice. And, uh, you know, Hugh Jackson was, of course, on the bubble or on the hot seat for quite a while now. But to see Todd Haley also go in that exchange and what ended up being Hugh Jackson's last tie of his uh, professional head coaching career, it was kind of interesting to watch the whole thing unfold. I'm, I've, 
I've kind of prefaced this conversation a couple of different uh, stations and podcasts that I I don't know what we're really going to get from Cleveland's offense this week. Of course, they're going against the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense has been bad the first four or five weeks of the season, but they're trending in the right direction. Cleveland has a bye next week. I don't really know how much they want to put offensively in this week, and I anticipate they'll take that downtime to kind of reassess how they can get more of their skill position players involved, whether it is Nick Chubb, maybe it's Callaway, uh, maybe it's getting more Jarvis Landry looks in the red zone. Like Whatever it is to make Baker Mayfield the most successful quarterback it can be, I imagine they'll probably implement that when they have a bit more time during the bye week. So I'm not expecting a lot. Certainly you can't really get away with running vanilla offense during the middle of the regular season, but I'm not anticipating a lot from that offense overall. And I think a guy maybe like Nick Chubb is the only person I feel comfortable using in a fantasy format this week until I know for certain what that Cleveland offense is going to look like and how they're kind of shaping it moving forward. Now, something I like to do, and maybe to my detriment at times, is uh, I'm always looking at the waiver wire. I'm trying to pick up maybe uh, that guy that's uh, starting to get a spark, starting to um, pick up some steam. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but is there anybody out there that might be uh, on the waiver wire just sitting there going, hey, this guy's there, take him now? In a 10-team league, I think Kiki QT uh, could be an interesting guy that might be on your fantasy waiver wires at this point. The Demaryius Thomas trade over to Texans, great, fantastic. But he really isn't the speed threat that they're going to lose with Will Fuller out. I think QT can kind of take over that role for the Houston Texans, and they're very, very much in the AFC South conversation. And I think they're going to have to be in that conversation for the rest of the year by passing the ball. So Deshaun Watson, maybe not the greatest fantasy quarterback. I, I think he's going to get ugly fantasy numbers. Like You're not you're going to look at that box score and be like, oh, God, four interceptions, two touchdowns, 250 yards. That's horrible. But then you look at your fantasy score, he's got 20 to 25 fantasy points. I think QT is going, going to be the kind of player that helps get to that point. And he's uh, an interesting guy that probably is available in, in shallower leagues as far as a wide receiver two or three goes. You know, that's that's one of the main free agents that I've been acquiring. Uh, another guy that benefited from the trade, Golden Tate, going over to the Eagles, I think T.J. Jones might be an okay fantasy wide receiver for the Lions moving forward. I don't really believe they have aspirations to the playoffs anymore, and the fact that they traded Golden Tate away makes me think they also believe they don't have aspirations. But, hey, T.J. Jones is a younger receiver. He's flashed some potential probably more of a bigger, stronger guy in the mold of Kenny Galladay, but he's playing the slot, and Matthew Stafford loves to target that slot position. I think that he might be a sneaky candidate, especially if you're in a deeper league and you just need a fourth or fifth wide receiver that could potentially have to go on in a moment's notice for your fantasy team. He's not a bad option to go there. And those are both guys that have kind of capitalized on the respective trades uh, that occurred just this past week. Joe Bartles joining us from Rotowire and Rotowire Magazine. Okay, so be honest with me. Um, you saw what Fitzpatrick did to my Bengals, and you picked him right back up, right? No, no. I, I've, I've seen that. I've went down that well before. We saw that through the first four weeks of the season. And while it was impressive what Fitzpatrick did, it's pretty easy to see how this game script goes. When he is the starting quarterback, when teams can plan accordingly for what Fitzpatrick can do, both throwing the ball aggressively down the field, but also running. He does that a lot for a guy that's 33, year old, 33 years old with a beard that looks like he's from you know, Gandalf, I I think that you probably don't need to go jumping for him. Again, we're at the point of the season where you don't really have to worry about buys following this next week. And after that, I'm not sure I want to use Ryan Fitzpatrick as anything more than the QB2. So maybe if somebody gets hurt, like an Aaron Rodgers finally comes to his injury or uh, Matt Ryan doesn't do something for whatever reason, like that, that's, that's the only scenario where I'm putting in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I love 
Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans and O.J. Howard, all those guys are great because they're going to be catching passes from them. But from a quarterback perspective, I think that there's a lot of uh, volatility that goes along with Ryan Fitzpatrick that I want to stay away from. He's Joe Bartle, Roto-Wire and Roto-Wire Magazine. You can find out more by going to rotowire.com. And if you uh, missed the tip earlier on how you can extend your Roto-Wire subscription, uh, go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, you can pick us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, tune in. Hey, you got to tune in live or go back to the podcast to get the secret stuff, right? I mean, we're just not giving that yeah, out exactly. twice. You're not giving that free stuff out twice. No, no, that, that's, that's bad business, right? I mean, we, we have to kind of keep that stuff tucked away if we can. Good talking to you. Um, we'll do this again next week. And a nice Lord of the Rings reference there with Fitzpatrick. Uh, that was, uh, that was hey, excellent. We had to throw one out there if we could. I, I appreciate coming on. I look forward to guys, talking to you guys next week. Talk to you soon, Joe. Thanks, buddy. Joe Bartle, Roto-Wire, Roto-Wire Magazine. Good talking to him. Um, we're going to talk a little... Southern Miss with you. We got Marshall Southern Miss coming up this weekend. John Cox is going to be our guest when we continue with this edition of The Drive. We are presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, November 1st edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Hope to be talking to the voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, John Cox, in a few minutes. And until then, we'll take phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. It's Marshall getting set to take on Southern Miss, and that's coming up this weekend. You can listen to the game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The telecast is going to be on Stadium Facebook, so if you can't figure that out, I've got a solution for you. Join me and the rest of our crew down at Roosters. We're going to be at Roosters doing the pregame live three hours before kickoff. That's right. I'm getting wings for breakfast. Boneless chicken wings for breakfast. Actually, try the burrito, too, if you haven't done that. But that's what's coming up on Saturday. We've got things coming up tonight inside Herd Athletics. Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. That's coming up next right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And then following that, usually it's a Doc Holiday call-in show for us, but tonight, since the uh, the senatorial debate's going on, your host, Hoppy Kirchable, will have Patrick Morrissey and Joe Manchin. They're both uh, contending for the Senate seat in the election. That's coming up tonight. We'll have that. It's going to be debate only. 8 o'clock, we've got Thursday Night Football. And it's all right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So looking forward to that as uh, we've got a full week coming up. Thundering Herd Exhibition Basketball Action, that's coming up tonight, Cam Henderson Center. So if you're not um, sticking around for Doc Holiday Call-In Show, which will be on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog, you can, of course, I'll be over there at the uh, basketball arena tonight. I see a little herd exhibition action as uh, they're getting tuned up. They've got Eastern Kentucky next week. Can you believe it? Basketball's almost here. We've got four more football games in the regular season, then possibly a championship game, possibly, and then a bowl game. Or if it's not a championship game, again, there's always the potential you're playing 
the week after FIU, you're getting ready for another game. I don't know if that's going to happen. Of course, if you want to find out here in a few weeks, that's probably a good question to ask the athletic director on his program tonight. And again, that's Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hammer coming up next following our show right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's turn our attention to Southern Miss, one of the happiest places on earth in Conference USA, only because the food's good, the weather's usually good, and the hospitality's always great. And joining us now on the program to tell us more, about Southern Miss and this matchup, we've got the longtime voice of the Golden Eagles, John Cox. And, John, um, it's like Disneyland for uh, for Conference USA. Southern Miss is always like a great destination. I think everybody in the league would agree. Well, I wish you hadn't bragged on us like that because we, uh, we had storms this morning in the uh, middle of the night and this morning in Hattiesburg, and the temperature dropped. And uh, right now it's, it's in the 50s and overcast. But... Uh, supposed to be great for the weekend supposed to have blue skies and sunshine when the herd rolls in here on saturday afternoon so uh, we're looking forward to it yeah we think it's a great place i i do i mean i've been here now i've been counting my years of going to school i've been here 45 years at the university of southern mississippi and 41 uh doing the radio broadcast so uh, i kind of like it too it's a great place and I, i love it a lot is Letha's ready for the onslaught of herd fans? Because that's all I hear. It's not there's a football game. It's an opportunity to go to Letha's. <laughs> well, I know when I drove in early this morning, I noticed a couple of semi-trucks backed up to the kitchen there at Letha's. So uh, they, are, uh, they are loading in the ribs and the sauce and all the sides and getting ready for the thundering herd fans to roll into town. So I can, I can guarantee you when they start arriving out there, uh, the whole crew out there at Lethas will be uh, ready for the Thundering Herd. John Cox, our guest, he is the longtime voice of Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. I'm happy that the game is still being played every year. I know with the divisional um, alignment, yeah, you sometimes maybe take for granted the fact that Conference USA has been so gracious to uh, put these two schools together yearly, and I think it's worked out well for both programs it's always a fun rivalry it's a, a fun matchup I know Doc was talking it up earlier this week talking about just the history between Southern Miss and Marshall and just their standalone football history um why do you think that this matchup is important to Conference USA because it always is on the schedule well it's, I think it's a lot what I was listening to Doc Holiday the other two and I think it's a lot what Doc said I think uh if you look at the history of Southern Miss football, and you look at the history of Marshall football, uh, at least from a history standpoint, these two teams probably have the most to brag about when it comes to football. I mean, Marshall, with their great success that they've had back in the 90s, when ironically, uh, you know, a couple of our coaches were, uh, you know, around up there. And uh, Southern Miss, you know, Marshall's got the, the Randy Mosses and the Chad Pennington's and guys like that. Southern Miss has got the Brett Favre's and the Ray guys. So I think, you know, it's a it's a combination of things. The great success that both teams have had on the football field, the types of, uh, you know, great athletes that they have produced that have gone on to have great careers in the in the NFL. And I think, I think probably both schools sort of have the same approach to it. I mean, they're both kind of blue-collar. We're going to work as hard as we can and, you know, we're going to get guys that uh, just love to play the game of football. And I think when you put all that stuff together, uh, whenever these two teams uh, get out on the field, and this is the 14th meeting, when they get out there, 
you can almost guarantee it's going to be a knockout, drag out fight to the very end. And, uh, you know, most of the games, series have been games that have uh, turned out to be games that were decided a lot of times in the fourth quarter. So I, I just think it's a great rivalry. Uh, I love playing Marshall. I know Marshall loves playing Southern Miss. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun on Saturday. I'm sure I've expressed this over the years. Uh, we've talked and um, a couple other people have been on the show as well. But we've always felt that when Southern Miss is really good in football, it's better for Conference USA. It doesn't matter. Western Kentucky's good one year, Middle Tennessee, and that's great. I'm glad those teams are finding success. But really, it seems like Conference USA thrives more when you've got Southern Miss long time, you know, flag bearer for this league is doing well. Um, again, is it? You think it's just a tradition, or just the fact that Southern Miss carries so much that when they're really good, people are paying attention? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we've had obviously we've had a great deal of success in the early days of Conference USA. You know, Southern Miss was able to share the initial uh, conference championship and then won two out of the next three. And so they've had a lot of success, and probably uh, because Southern Miss has been in there since the beginning. You know, I think Southern Miss uh, is the only school that's been in it and playing football since the very beginning. I think Charlotte was there in the initial conference usa in 96 but they weren't playing football at the time so i think that probably has a lot to do with it that we we were there one of the charter members of conference usa and and, and every sport and you know we've had uh, a lot of success over the years so i i know it's more fun for us when southern miss is is playing well and you know we got to play a little bit better right now than we are and hopefully we will on saturday but uh you know i think that probably goes back to just being one of the charter members of this league and a team that's been there since the very beginning. Let's talk about this year's team. On film, talking to players, this team's obviously better than that record. Um, this isn't a situation where this is just a bad team. This is not a bad team at all. Well, no, it's it's. I think it's it's, it's a team that's really good. I you know I like I like what Jay Hobson's doing with this team. There's a lot of there's a lot of young guys on this football team. You know, it's a team, and not to make excuses, it's a team. That because of uh, the, the the folks that were here before, uh, is only got about 72 scholarship guys. You know they're trying to catch back up and hopefully they're going to in the next year or so. So, and the ones that are here, there's a lot of young freshmen on the offensive side of the football. You know, there's uh, the guy that's been the starter is a, a first year guy, but a sophomore. Right now, the two running backs are both true freshmen. The center is a true freshman. Uh, the wide receivers are all sophomores, so it's really a young, young football team on offense. And so they, you know, they've had some ups and downs during the course of the year. The defense is a more veteran defense, and you know they've really played well. They're up there pretty good in the national rankings and in a lot of different categories. But uh, you know, I, I think it's just one of those teams that if you objectively look at it. Uh, they're going to keep getting better and better because he's bringing in a lot of good young players in the program. And, you know, sometimes young players just uh, make mistakes. And we've had some games where we've made some mistakes and, you know, are probably, I think, 12 points away from, you know, being right now a team that might only have uh, one loss this year. So they're close. They're close. They just have to find a way to put it all together and cut down on uh, on some of the mistakes, some of the turnovers and penalties. And uh, I think – I think they're going to start doing that here down the final stretch run. 
John Cox is our guest, longtime voice, Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And I think a lot has been said this week about the defensive side of the ball for both Marshall and Southern Miss. Uh, this might not be your typical modern-day football game where there's a lot of scoring. This might just come down to who wants it more in the trenches because in so many ways both the defenses have got their specialties and are doing well. Yeah, and I think the backgrounds of both the coaches, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, I think Doc Doc Holliday and Jay Hobson are both kind of old school guys who, uh, you know, they uh, you know they love that good defensive football, and uh, and I think uh, it could very well be a game like that. Uh, you know, last year, even though it was a 28-27 ball game, those two defenses, man, they they got after each other uh, last year up at in Huntington, so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be one of those games where the defenses uh, might uh, uh, prevail. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be a you know a three nothing game or a six three ball game, but I think if you get a chance to score some points against both of these defenses, you better score some points because there may not be that many opportunities. From looking at this game, just kind of get your perspective on the Marshall side of things. What's impressed you watching Marshall? Well, I like I like the experience that they have, and it's it's you know if you look across the the offensive and defensives of uh, of Marshall, you, I see a lot of familiar names, a lot of guys that have been there, you know, two or three years, and you know have won a lot of football games there for Doc up there in in Huntington, and and it's not only experienced guys, but it's really good experience. I mean, they've got a lot of experienced players and a lot of the the key positions and and I, that that's really impressive to me and as i've watched some video of uh, marshall i mean marshall's a team that could uh, you know very well be undefeated you know on the year so i kind of like uh, i like the way they play i like the way they approach the game i like the you know the way they sort of uh, go out there and take care of business and so i think the experience and the talent of this marshall team uh, you know makes them in my mind, anyway, one of the one of the favorites to, to win not only the Eastern uh, Eastern Division of Conference USA, but a team that I wouldn't be surprised to see playing in the championship game there in early December. Yeah, it's been tough for the East Division. West Division, though, I think maybe you've got the tougher side. Let's looking at what you've got to deal with. Well, there's some good teams. I mean, uh, you know, UAB. Uh, you know, we we play them in a few weeks. UAB is really good. You know, they've got a lot of experience and a lot of guys that they're able to bring back when they restarted the program. And you know, they're tough to beat. But uh, North Texas, you know, Mason Fine is is really a a really good quarterback for them, a veteran quarterback. And so North Texas can you know go out there and, and score with the best of them. I mean, we played UTSA. UTSA is a a, a team that's starting to get uh, better and better. And so, I mean, there's some good teams on this western side, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a fight down to that last uh, weekend to see who wins the, the western division, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. John Cox, our guest, longtime voice of Southern Miss. Let's hope the weather holds out for the fans coming down. I guess it doesn't matter, though. Uh, they'll all be at Letha's, uh yeah, before the game anyway. Um, well, you've hit, you've hit the key to the game. It doesn't matter what the weather is like as long as you're able to get to what the Letha's and uh, get you a couple of slabs of ribs and some baked beans and some of that good old Mississippi sweet tea. Then uh, when you come to the game, it doesn't matter if it's raining or it's cloudy. 
See, that's that's why Southern Miss is just the best place to be in Conference USA. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, if it's not as good as Letha's, it just doesn't matter. Well, I don't know. i tell you what, one of my favorite – I love to come to Huntington. Huntington has become one of my favorite places. Uh, I love everything about it. You know, I'm up there either for football or basketball and uh, or up the road in Charleston or Beckley for baseball. So I get up that way, you know, almost every year. And so, But I love Huntington. Huntington is one of my favorite places to come. I grew up about – I grew up maybe about three hours from there in Middletown, Ohio. So uh, – I kind of feel like I'm at home when I come to Huntington. So I always love to come up there. Hey, in a few years, if all goes well, you're not have, you're not making that Charleston or Beckley trip anymore. Since so they actually yeah, I've are. been re- I've been reading about that. That's that's exciting news. I, I, that uh, you know, it looks like that project uh, might take off, and uh, Marshall's going to have a, a baseball stadium. Jeff Wagner's done an amazing job up there, playing basically every game on the road. So uh, Marshall will be somebody to contend with in baseball when they get a their own facility up there because uh, they've always had some great players, no question about it. Well, you would know because uh, the three seasons, I understand, for Southern Miss Athletics uh, usually are uh, football, baseball, and preseason football, right? Well, you know, and ba- I'll tell you, basketball's really uh, – basketball's been trying to battle back for, from some, uh, you know, sanctions that were they got hit with from a previous coach. Uh, Doc Sadler's in his fifth year here as the coach at Southern Miss, and – yeah, they finally are back almost fully scholarship. They've been playing with seven, about seven scholarships the last couple of years. So uh, basketball's always been pretty good around here, and uh, I think uh, Doc Sadler's about ready to get them back on back on track this season. That'll be good for Conference USA, especially if uh, things go well. Uh, we might see Southern miss a lot more with the uh, the new scheduling system uh, towards the end. Well, I hope so. I love. I tell you, basketball. I love to come up there for basketball, and I love to sit around with Dan D'Antoni and talk uh, basketball. And, uh, you know, I don't know uh, if we've got a trip up there. No, Hank Marshall's coming to Hattiesburg this year, but uh, it's fun to come up there. on a, Every time I'm there for basketball, it seems like it's a snowy night and the streets are icy, and it just seems like good old, you know, Midwestern basketball. And so uh, I love to come up there and, you know, play the Thundering Herd in basketball. I haven't had a lot of luck lately, but I love to come up there. Hopefully we'll get you back soon. John, good talking to you. We'll do it again real soon. And uh, keep, uh, you know, my my friend Bill Cornwell, our mutual friend, he's coming down. Just keep him out of trouble if you can for me. Well, he'll probably spend about most of his time at Letha's and the rest of the time at the stadium, right? So there won't be too much trouble time to get into trouble. No, you've got his movements down 100%. (laughs) That's that's his game plan. Uh, Hey, guys, thanks for letting me be with you. I always enjoy talking to you. And, uh, Looking forward to have Doc Holliday and the Thundering Herd down here this weekend. Thanks, John. Good talking to you as well. Thank you, guys. That's John Cox, longtime voice of Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. Uh, Guess what? We're going to take our next break, come back, and uh, we're going to carry on with this edition of the show here, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Quick segment here. We went a little long, but that was okay. Good talk with John Cox, the play-by-play voice, Southern Miss Gordon Eagles. So don't forget, coming up, we've got Inside Herd Athletics, Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hammer. That's coming up next. And then uh, following that, Doc Holiday Show will be on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. We will have coverage of tonight's debate starting 
at 7 o'clock on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. So, uh, as I said, we've got to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We're going to wrap it up. It's The Drive ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is the Thursday edition Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Beltone Hearing Aid Center. Coming up next, Inside Herd Athletics, Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. Following that, the Doc Holiday Show is on 93.7 The Dog as we're going to have coverage of the debate. Hoppy Kirchhoff will be your host for that, and we're going to have that for you tonight, 7 o'clock, and then we're going to jump right in to Thursday Night Football. So it's all coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But do make note, if you like listening to Mr. Hamrick, his show is coming up tonight. Then if you want to stick around and listen to the debate before Thursday Night Football, you've got that option. Or you can, of course, jump on over to 93.7 The Dog and hear the Doc Holiday call-in show. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that anymore. They're not taking calls, they're taking tweets. I apologize. It's more that it's the Doc Holiday show. Uh, and you can tweet your question to uh, Herd Cotton. So if you want to get a question in, either head on down to Fat Patties or, of course, you can tweet your question to Herd Cotton on Twitter. So that's what that looks like tonight. And then we're going to be back here tomorrow, final week of regular season action, high school football. We'll talk about it in the state of West Virginia. Of course, other states are already uh, underway we got a lot to get into, plus basketball starting to ramp back up as we've got exhibition action coming up tonight, 7 o'clock at the Cam Henderson Center. Um, how many of you are going out to that? You saw them the other day. Are you going to get a second peek at them or just uh, wait till regular season action to get back out there? And, of course, I know a lot of you will be heading over to Fat Patties tonight for football. Some of you are in football mode. I don't know how many of you are making the trip down to Hattiesburg. So what's that going to look like? And I know uh, getting a flight out of Huntington is going to be a little rough. Heard's got their plan set, but you know, flights, of course, have been uh, altered a little bit because of the presidential visit tomorrow. So I hope you've planned accordingly to get everything you need done and ready to go. And if you're sticking around, that's okay. We got you here. We got you covered right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And don't forget, we've got... So much more coming up this weekend. No Bengals football. I don't know what to do. Sunday. I might actually get some stuff done. I don't have a a football game that I, air quotes here, have to watch. It's going to be great. Heard games starting a little earlier than we're used to as far as uh, the norm. You start these games early, get them over with, you get the rest of the weekend. I love those afternoon games. I love those morning games, right? I love it. Get your game. I mean, football, college football, everybody should be playing at noon. Noon. Let's all play college football noon, get the game over with, and we, we're good. We get out there, there's plenty of, of daylight left. I know some of you are like, no, I like the 7 o'clock games. Are you sure? Are you really sure you like that? I'm not the one who makes those decisions anyway. Television's the one telling you when you show up. Don't forget the games on Stadium Facebook. Stadium Facebook. Talk more tomorrow. 
For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, coming up next, Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. And it's followed by the senatorial debate. Hoppy Kirchhoff will, will be your host. And then Thursday Night Football, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Doc Holiday show heard tonight on 93.7 The Dog. So now you know. Again, for Gabriel, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.